Legends of Yogmire by Darkane Labs. It started out as a boyish as a boyish dream. See, there's a child born on a planet in a solar system that was long forgotten, and the child was born alone. And he played alone for a very long time. And this saddened his mother, who was a goddess, who was the goddess of creation, and she wanted to give him other things to play with besides what was just there on the planet she created for her child. So she created different beings. These beings learned. And they grew, and so did her child. Her child's name is Von de Couples. Everyone believes that he's a vampire. At least that's the rumor going around. It's been the rumor for years. Because you never could figure out what it was in the red, in the goblets that he was drinking. It had the consistency of blood. And it kind of looked like blood in all aspects. But he wasn't a vampire. No, he was much more than just a vampire. He was much more than just a mortal walking the plains. As a child, he learned things faster than other children. He did things better. He was stronger, smarter. The couples has always taken extra precautions, knowing that if he embraced somebody, that they would turn and have to walk the mortal plane for an eternity. Yagmar City, which is a location that started up about 800 years after the couples was born, which is also the main location for all my stories and all everything going on in the solar system. A lot of it starts out right in Yagmar City. Yagmar City was a beautiful city. Cobblestone streets, merchants, <clears throat> always their tents set up, always out, all times of the night, always selling and haggling for product. If you ever wanted something, you could find it. You could always go to the old lady's shop, to the southeast corner of the temple, and get mushrooms. Blue glowing mushrooms that'll make you see things, make you feel things that you've never felt before. She was legendary. You can ask Sam Haynes if you could ever get him to stop running and screaming, Can you see it? Can you see it? It took one blue glowing mushroom and he was seeing this monstrosity 
this thing that looked like a Cthulhu Kraken mix. It was a body full of tentacles with a face with beady red eyes. Eight of them. And it always stayed ten feet from Sam Haynes. No matter where he went, he always saw it in his peripheral vision. He begged for it to take him out, and it wouldn't do it. Things like this are quite common in, in Yogmire. The city is set to the south. You can find another smaller town that's run by guilds or firms. It used to be guilds, and then I changed it to firms. Uh, these firms are mercenary firms. Bunch of mercs working together. It was all started by Azeratu when he followed the main antagonist, Balkane, to the Yogmire solar system. Balkane has been plugging everywhere he goes, no matter what he touches, death seems to follow, and so does chaos. He has plugged numerous worlds with murder and chaos and upheavals and collapsing of cities and governments. And Azaratu when he came into Yagmar City, he was on the hunt for this man because he had lost his wife and two kids. He had lost friends that were working for him as he had started a Merc firm called Merknet. It was a legendary firm. He would work for different governments, different cities, doing the things that they didn't want to get their hands dirty with, getting information that they couldn't. Taking care of the people that just wouldn't stay taken care of, that always came back and haunted the haunted people in the dreams. There are many of these characters that you're going to learn about over the next few episodes of my podcast. And there are many stories that you're going to hear about over the next several podcasts. I'll be talking about Azeratu more in detail. I'll be talking about Lord DeCouples and the Delirium Cemetery in a lot of detail because there's a lot of information about him. There will also be other stories and locations that I talk about. I will even have some of the testers putting input and in talking about their views on Yogmar and how the game ran. Um, I'm even going to try to bring a game session into one of the podcasts and maybe if that goes over well I'll make some more there will be several different 
types of stories and notes and all sorts of things that will be talked about throughout my podcast. Normally I sound better than this. I can't really hear myself talk right now. Uh, my ears are clogged. I was swimming yesterday, got burned like a, I look like a lobster. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun saga to cover. Legends of Yagmar has been very fun to work on. And I'm going to enjoy telling the stories that have come to me in my head, in my sleep. Uh, you'll even hear some of the characters, hear about some of the characters my son has created to help work on Yogmire. Um, one of my favorite characters, though, that I'll probably end up having two or three broadcasts, or three, uh, two or three podcasts covering him, is Meek. He's a little blue imp, and he was created, and when he was created, they kind of goofed. You know, it's everybody's worst nightmare to go to a salon or barbershop and hear your barber go, oops, as you feel a tug on the, as you feel a tug into your hair. And all of a sudden, you've got a bald spot in the back of your head. And you're like, what happened? What happened? And yeah, well, Meek's creation kind of went like that. Meek is probably one of the more powerful creatures in Yogmire City. Unfortunately, the problem is he can't control his powers, so bad things tend to happen whenever he decides to intervene. There is a forest about three days travel east, or four days travel east, three to four days travel east of Yogbire City. And Meek and his brother got into a fight. And in the middle of their argument, they realized that they weren't alone. There is a band of thieves that have been following them and surrounded them. Now, Meek's brother is probably one of the, is extremely smart. He created biotech and nanite engineering and several other things. We'll get in further into the technologies down the road. But Meek and Dr. Giggles were having this argument and they realized that there's other people around. And these other guys were standing there going, you need to let go of your stuff, drop it all, and we'll let you live. Dr. Giggles kind of chuckles and laughs. He thinks it's quite funny. And Meek shrinks down, flies into one of the guy's nose, pulls his nose hairs, and flies up into his, where his eyes are, looking at his eyes, and flies out his ears. Being extremely magical and doing things that just can't be done anywhere else. Or by anybody else. Well, this goes on for about 15, 20 minutes where they're not really taking the robbers too seriously. So they've finally, one of the robbers 
Sinister gets his hands on Dr. Giggles and puts a knife to his throat. Now, Dr. Giggles is one of those people that he has a contingency plan for absolutely everything. He even has one for his death. He actually has it recorded on a... Uh, he has it written down pretty much on a scroll of what will happen and how he will die. Um, Meek also, he also has a contingency plan if his brother ever turns evil or gets killed. Uh, one of the, when Dr. Giggles got captured and the knife was put to a start, Meek lost it. Meek got really angry, pulled out an artifact by the name of the Wand of Fairy Fire. Fairy Fire, this wand amplifies anything that uses Fairy Fire, any type of magic that uses Fairy Fire. And instead of just hitting like one to two, maybe three people, Meek incinerated the entire area. The forest went from this lush, green, giant forest to a desolate wasteland of, of liquid glass. Sticky. It wasn't completely liquid. It was just sticky. And nothing grows there now. Now, we're talking a good six, seven miles of this almost glass-like substance. Now, I haven't come up with a name completely for it. That will be done hopefully before too long. Uh, <clears throat> well, after this fight happened and Meek did this, Dr. Giggles and Meek managed to get away from these thieves and they fled. And the Meek is sitting there shooting fairy fire out as Dr. Giggles has him by the waist and they're running off and kind of flying and skipping. Dr. Giggles is singing, Catch Me If You Can as Meek is shooting fairy fire out his wand. And it's a huge mess. They get back into Dogmire City about two days later. And message had arrived ahead of them that they had ran into some trouble. Azaratu and a few others were on the way out and had gotten about a day's travel out, but somehow managed to miss Meek and Dr. Eagles coming back into town. So Azarato ended up seeing the damage that Meek had done, just shaking his head, just glad Meek's still alive, but kind of wishing Meek would have just stayed where he lives. So... Not to carry on about them too much longer. Uh, see, there are greater beings 
that are world-ending that could possibly even destroy solar systems at a time. Uh, nobody's ever actually witnessed anything like this. Nobody's encountered one. But they do exist, and as Yogmire grows and in future updates to the game and to the stories that I'm writing, that I'm going to be working on, you, the adventurers and some of the NPCs are going to encounter these beings. Now, I am a huge Lovecraft, I'm a huge HP Lovecraft fan, and Call of Cthulhu, uh, the mythos behind it, I absolutely love it. Uh, so some of the creatures are gonna they're gonna get a real feel of that type of creation behind it. Yogmire, the system for the game is set up where uh, players are going to die. That is just a natural state. That's just a natural fact. Not every creation you're going to have is going to work. Some of them are going to die faster than others. Sometimes you're going to have a bad day and you're going to say the wrong thing and the game operator is just going to... Well... It'll just not be pretty. The game has undergone many changes and is still going undergoing changes in a lot of them. Uh, we are using a D100 system right now. And there's still quite a few bugs. I think I'm just being quite uh, particular and kind of... Uh, Perfectionist. Other places in the game that you will hear about a lot. Chorusang, which is uh, which translates out pretty much in uh, Yagmar Chorusang's the city beyond Eldritch Fire. Some of your more famous warlocks and spellcasters that use Eldritch Fire or use Eldritch Magic, almost all of them came from El uh, Khorasang. Khorasang is up in the mountains past the Kaiser Pass, which is home of the Blood Letters, and it's almost always under attack. So Blood Letters kind of are on high guard. These are creatures that they consider themselves de uh, demons, but they're not completely demon. Like as they're not biblical demon type. These things, they live on the planet. They are creatures of the planet. They breed on the planet. They live on the planet. They feed 
and they can die. Uh, well, they can get popped and sent back to wherever they came from. They do have a portal that is open that allows them to come and go. It is only seen by other blood letters unless you have true sight or a third eye. Um, then you'd be able to see it. They live in the caves that are throughout Kaiser Pass. Now, to get to Korosang, you have to bypass Kaiser Pass and take the eastern route. And you'll come to a formation that is burning with Eldritch Fire. This Eldritch Fire has been burning for years. Nobody knows exactly how long, except, well, I'm going to give you guys an estimated time. For about 700 years, it's been a very long time. And the flame is still burning like it was started five minutes ago. It is absolutely amazing. It lights up the sky for miles. At night, the sky turns green because of the flames. Uh, you see this green hue throughout the night sky. Absolutely gorgeous area. Um, Bloodletters typically will not attack as long as you stay unarmed. If they feel that you're a threat, then they will take they will take action. But usually if you're unarmed and your weapons are sheathed, they they leave you be. You know, they don't go looking for a fight unless they're hungry. And even then they won't mortals typically aren't food for them. They just want to be left alone. They want to do their own thing. Uh, other creatures of Yogmire that are interesting and fun to talk about. Stitches is a uh, NPC. He's one of my favorites. He is my son's favorite. He is a living portal. He was created on Titan Island along with Meek and Dr. Giggles and a few others, well, a bunch of others. Titan Island is a is a madhouse, uh, and Stitches recognizes that as home. But he has been in Yagmire City over the last 75 years. You will notice that a lot of these creatures have a very long lifespan. Most of them will live to be about 8,000 years old. Even the neo-humans that live on the planet, or humans that live on the planet, have a lifespan of about a thousand years. For some reason, life seems to go slower, and you age, you seem to live longer in the Yagmire solar system. Uh, there's a lot of different aspects that I'm going to be covering over this, this series, uh, different podcasts will be coming out quite regularly as I can have time to make them. So I look forward to talking about Yagmar more. Uh, I will have other people joining me from time to time. And let the good times roll. And a little bit more from uh, Midnight Syndicate. Absolutely love this band. They do a lot of gaming music. They have a D&D &D official D&D &D soundtrack. And I'll let you listen to them for a little bit.